the soul uh, was first used by St. John of the Cross in the 18th century. He coined it in a poem, and it, it represents the hardships, the struggles, the difficulties, the storms that our souls face as we journey through life. So where do we begin when we face these terrible storms? Well, it begins with you being here, standing together as a church family. One day you will need the church family to gather around you. But there is a comfort as we gather together and we are strong when we are in this place. We also need to stay connected to God. The Ks are in a category five hurricane right now. They need us to stand with them. They need our prayers. They need our support. And uh, we also need to allow God to use us to encourage them. And uh, the Jewish faith has a, a very beautiful way of allowing God to move in difficult circumstances. It's called a prayer of lament. Most of us evangelicals have no idea what that is. But if you've read the Psalms, one-third of the Psalms are laments. Fifty-nine of them are prayers of lament. They can be used individually. They can be used as a community. Uh, and every devout Jew would memorize several of these so that when the time came and they couldn't pray, they didn't have the words to pray, they would recite the, the lament psalm. And the elders will be doing that at the end of our, our time together here. But I want to instruct you on, on how to write one. And so you have received a piece of paper, a pad, and a pen. And there's four key components to writing a prayer of lament. The first is this. We're going to address God. And you need to have a title for God at this moment. Uh, <clears throat> there are literally hundreds of titles used of God in the Bible, uh, rock, king, lord, almighty. Uh, I'd, I'd also like to add some of the character of God in this, loving, faithful, everlasting, wise. So pick your title for God as you begin your lament, and you're going to write that. That's number one. And you deliberately pick one that's appropriate for this storm. The second <clears throat> is we're going to pour out our emotions to God. S one of the lament psalms is Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Now, that's someone that's raw and honest with God saying, what's going on, Lord? Don't you understand what's happening in my life? And so we, we want to get honest with God. And you say, well, hold it, how honest? Everything that's in your heart, he knows it. He's just waiting for you to have the courage to say it to him. So you pour out the deepest part of your soul to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. And you take it to the Lord. And you allow that to touch you deeply in your spirit. 
It's the request for God's help. Jesus taught us the kingdom principle is to ask, seek, and knock. And we're going to ask boldly. We're going to say, Lord, we're asking for this. And you come before the doors of heaven and you knock as hard as you can. And you say, Lord, I'm asking you to do this great thing. And you write that down in your lament. And then we're going to end by expressing trust in God. We're going to recognize God's wisdom. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God's ways are higher than our ways. I mean, God is an incredibly wise uh, father, and he knows the plan that he has, and we don't. So we're going to trust him. And uh, this destination, this is the destination to say, I trust you, God. We're going to cling to the character of God, that he's a loving God, he's a good God. And even if we can't explain what's happening and why it's happening, we're going to anchor in him. We trust him. The greatest hope that we have as we write this lament is that one day, Jesus will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death will be no more, neither will there be mourning or crying or pain for the former things have passed away. But until we get to that spot, we need to pray lament prayers when we don't understand what God's doing. N.T. Wright said, prayer ranges from a howl into the abyss and sometimes a gentle whisper. A lament is a howl into the wind, into the abyss. There's a scene in Forrest Gump He's interacting with Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan is bitter, cynical. He had a career in the military, and then he just wanted to die because he had lost both of his legs, and Forrest Gump saved him. But Lieutenant Dan has no gratitude. He's just angry, he's resentful, and he is filled with self-pity. And one day, Forrest Gump, Lieutenant Dan, find themselves in a hurricane, in a great storm, you remember that scene, Lieutenant Dan's up on the post, up on the mast, and he is just howling into the abyss. Is that all you can do? You want to take me? Go ahead. And he's just screaming at God. And in that moment, Lieutenant Dan was, was real with God. And he actually encountered a real living God in that moment. And then the storm passed. The next scene, he's sitting on the boat. Lieutenant Dan says, you know, Forrest, I never thanked you for saving me. Thank you. And he drops into the ocean. He starts swimming away. And Forrest's comment is, I think Lieutenant Dan made his peace with God. Sometimes we have to howl into the wind. Just let the emotion flow and get real with God so that he can get real with us. We're going to take five minutes. If you'd get your pads out, would you write your prayer of lament for this moment? Be honest with God. Take your sorrow to him. 
take your misunderstanding to him, take your request to him, write it out. This is just for you. We're not going to ask you to read these. But this is your moment to be on the mask and make your peace with God. John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. You know the way to the place that I am going. Thomas asked him, or said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you've lived in Connecticut for a while, you know that we get hurricanes here. And whenever a warning goes out, a hurricane is approaching, people on the shore start to freak out. You'll notice they start taping windows, put boards up. There's always a run on the, the grocery stores. Shelves get vacated in literally minutes. And everybody checks their flashlights radios to make sure that they're in working order. But one sight you won't see is a boat owner going down to the harbor tying a boat to a tree on land. Because if you were to do that at the end of that hurricane, you would have a lot of wood to burn, kindling wood for your fireplace. Boat owners will either get that boat out of the water or they're going to take that boat to a deeper area and throw out four or five different anchors and put slack in that and hope for the best. When storms approach, it's time to check where your anchor is. In John chapter 14, it's 15 hours before the crucifixion. The tide of public opinion has turned against Jesus. They realize they missed their opportunity to lead a rebellion against Rome. Jesus has predicted someone in the room is going to betray them. Peter's going to deny him three times. And now he's talking about his own death. These guys are in a storm and they need comfort. And Jesus gives three anchors in the midst of that storm that I think are appropriate for us today in the midst of our storm. The first anchor is this to anchor in the previous work of God. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Christianity is not a philosophically based religion. Christianity is a historically based religion. God is a track record. He has acted in time and space many, many times. And we are, we are told to recall and to remember what God has done. He's the creator. I mean, if you look outside, you, you see the, the work of an artist. That's what he's done. If you look up at, at night, you see stars, about 8,000 of them. But there are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on the seashores of every beach in the on the planet Earth. And he knows every one of them by name. He's infinite in his wisdom. He says that, uh, Jesus said that he knows when a sparrow falls. There are about 1.5 billion sparrows on the planet right now. He knows where everyone is. That's how wise he is. He knows how many hairs you have on the top of your head. 
Obviously, some are easier to count than others. But he knows that number. He knows your blood pressure. He knows your driver's license number right now. That's how wise God is. He's the giver of life. The next breath that you take is actually a gift from him. He's the redeemer. He's the one that saved Israel. Ten plagues, Red Sea, the conquest of the land. He was there at every one of those, working behind the sea. And his greatest miracle was 2,000 years ago. On a Sunday morning, a 2,000-pound stone was rolled away, and Jesus rose from the dead. That's the God we trust in. That's his track record. That's the God we remember at this time. That's the God we recall. That's the God that we're doing poker in poker terms. All of our chips are in on Jesus because he is a great God. Don't forget that. Second, his anchor in the, the promises of God. Jesus said this, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. That's a promise. Actually, I didn't do this, but someone counted the promises, 7,487 promises in the Bible. Every one of those promises, God keeps. He's promised that there's a home for us. He's preparing it. It's been 2,000 years in the works. It's going to be magnificent. But God is a promise-keeping God. And right now, at this moment, you don't need to hear my voice. You need to hear the voice of God, and you need to hear the promises of God, and you need to anchor in them. You have to send your anchor onto a promise of God to hold you steady in the storm. That's where we anchor. And the last one is we anchor in the person of Jesus. Jesus made the most startling claim any religious leader has ever made. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Now either Jesus was seriously delusional or he's telling the truth. He didn't say, follow me and I'll show you how to find a way. He said he is the way. If you want your best life here on earth, if you want peace in the midst of the storm, Jesus is the way. He can show you how to do that. He can show you the pathway to walk. He didn't say, follow me, and somehow you'll find the truth. He said he is truth. The world teaches relativity. The, the new mantra for today is, it's my truth. That, you know how old that is? That's 2,000 years old. Pilots say, what is truth? Same, same issue. It isn't your truth. Jesus is the truth. If you want to know the truth, come to Jesus. He will tell you. He will show you the truth. And then he says, I won't show you how to find life. He said, I am the life. That's where we anchor. We anchor. We trust in God. We trust in his promises. And we trust in Jesus as we go through this storm. Several years ago, there was a passenger ship called the Christina down in the Caribbean. And uh, that ship had an accident. It ran into another boat, and 3,000 people died in that accident. 
90 of them survived. And one of the survivors was interviewed by the press. And they said, well, how did you survive this? He goes, well, <coughs> we found ourselves in the water. And he said, I couldn't swim. But there was a wooden crate inside of me. So I grabbed that wooden crate and I put my weight on it. And the wooden crate held me up until I was rescued. He said, there were wooden crates all over the place. But there were a lot of people that said, I know how to swim. And they trusted themselves. And then all of a sudden, when they got tired, the crates were all gone. What crate are you resting on today? You can't save yourself. Or if you think you are, you're in a dangerous place. We need to rest on the crate of a trusting God, a promise-giving God, and Jesus. And when you throw yourself totally on him, that's when you'll be saved, saved from the storm. Lord, our hearts are broken today, but we're anchoring in you. You're a God who has done miracles in the past, and we're boldly asking for a miracle today. We're trusting your promises. We're trusting in your work, Lord, that uh, even in the midst of uh, unanswered questions, we're going to believe that you have the answer and your perfect will is working out. We do pray for comfort for the K's and uh, ask, Lord, for your peace to rest on them. In Jesus' name, amen.